0: Can we just say, thank you, Lord? You You know, we just, I just think the heart of Jesus is to help people. Amen. Matter of fact, I've read this. As the world fights to figure out everything out between Biden, Trump, COVID, and everything in between, I'll be holding doors for strangers, letting people cut in front of me in traffic. That's That's a tough one for me. Keeping babies entertained in grocery lines, stopping to talk to someone who is lonely. Tipping generously, sharing food, giving children a thumbs up, being patient with sales clerks, smiling at passerbyers. Why? Because I will not stand to live in a world where love is invisible. Join me in showing kindness, understanding, and judging less. Be kind to a stranger. Give grace to people who may be having a bad day. Be forgiving with yourself, and if you can't find kindness, be kindness. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Anne Frank said this, in the long run, the sharpest weapon, weapon of all is a kind and gentle spirit. And that is a strong weapon, and we are full of that. Amen. Our scripture for the day, or for the year, shouldn't say for the day. We say this every Sunday morning, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Amen. You know, the whole thing about trust issues, you can only trust somebody that you know. You can only trust someone that you know. And uh, I believe our Father wants us to know him like we've never known him before. You know, I was saved when I was seven years old and raised up in church, made to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every special meeting, every time the church doors were open, we were there. I was there physically, maybe not any other way, but I'm just thankful that uh, little by little I began to know God. And the more that you know God, the greater that you can trust him. And God wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him with your health, with your wealth, with everything about yourself. He wants you to be able to trust him. And let's just be honest. We don't do that all the time. I don't do that all the time. But the more I get to know God, the more that I can trust him. The more that I can trust him. And uh, so I really want you all to be encouraged today. I, I, man, I've spent a lot of prayer about, about a lot of stuff. But anyway, but I just want you to be encouraged because it's easy. Trust me, I have done the whole sackcloth and ashes because I felt like I was not doing enough for God. And you know what that will get you? Discouraged and like you don't measure up, and like you you just can't do anything right. So I prayed intensely about this message that no one will leave here like that today. Amen? Amen. So I want you to be encouraged because we all get busy. We all, you know, kind of like, man, I, I just don't feel like I'm spending enough time with God. First of all, if you're super busy in life, God understands that. He does, number one. But number two is just that there's times that we just need to be reminded to think about him, to let him know that he's with you on your job, that he's with you when you're changing diapers. Yeah. He's with you when you're a baby and all 14 of your kids are screaming, going down the Safeway aisle, and everybody's staring at you. <laughs> I feel for mamas who do that, like that. And then I hear stories about, you know, somebody saying, well, you know, they, they knew you need to take control of your child. And I went, You know, the grandfather in me just says, you need to get control of your mouth. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'll get off that soapbox. That's not part of the message. But anyway, this is why it's important to get to know and trust God. Because in 2 Corinthians 1.20 it says, all the promises of God are in, they're in him. God wants to manifest his promises more to you than you want them to be manifested. He does. And so uh, the thing is, is that we really have to get to know him. And uh, Matthew ten thirty nine, it's it's a, a scripture that says, he who finds his life will lose it. And he loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, that's a great paradox in life. If we consistently don't ever think about God, don't put anything about God into our life, And think that our life is going to improve. It may improve, but it's kind of like having your ladder up against the wrong building. Once you get to the top, you realize you're at the wrong place. And um, success and true happiness, it can only be found in Jesus. You can make money on this planet. And the reason that people make money is because... God's DNA is in everybody. We're created in the image of God. You are, which means that you're going to be able to do things and be successful at it as far as what the world deems success. But I dare say that, you know, this is what God says about prosperity and about wealth. He says he adds no sorrow to it. So you can have the wealth, but you can also have sorrow because Jesus isn't the main thing in your life. Psalms 20 verse 7 says this, Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. The Passion Translation says, Some find their strength in their weapons and their wisdom. Or you could even say my expertise, my experience in life. But many miracle deliverances can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord who makes us strong and gives us victory, who gives us victory. And so we just need to understand that God really wants to make himself known. And he wants you and I to trust him, and a lot of times we have trust issues. We have trust issues. And I know that uh, I'm so thankful for doctors. I'm so thankful for medication. I'm so thankful there will be a lot of Christians dead today. If it wasn't uh, for that. But ultimately, I have trained myself. I'm going to talk about myself. That when I start getting some kind of symptom, the first response is not to go to the medicine cabinet. My first response is not to think, to call the doctor. My first response isn't to look into the medical field. My very first response is to look into God. And to look to the healing power, I believe that there is healing power within every believer. I do. But you have to have a trust relationship with God to get to that point. Hmm. Matthew six thirty three it says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. I read something that says, turn your worry into worship and watch God turn your battles into blessing. He'll turn your battles into blessing. And I know that uh, speaking of Facebook and social media, I just sense the Lord just wants to give ever so gentle, encouraging correction. You can be so consumed with social media, and and it will start to change how you believe even. Because you'll feel like you're a minority. You'll feel like, you know, well, everybody's seeing this. Well, everybody's seeing it. Let me just make one thing perfectly clear. Uh, Just because it's the majority does not mean it's right. If it's going against the Word of God, if it's morally going against the principles of God, I don't care how many people are saying it online. I just sense that it can cause you to question your belief system. I think all of us, if you've been walking with God long enough, that you you question what you believe. Why do you believe that? You start to question it. And then you see all of your friends question it, and you start to think, hmm. What about this? I felt like the Lord said this to me. He says, I want to help people, and this is one way, I, Mike, that I, you can tell them that I don't want to help. Are you ready? He says, it's really easy for everybody, and especially in the time in which we live, being critical. We live in the most critical generation. Speaking of critical, I'm going to be critical right now. We live in one of the most critical generations that's probably ever been on the planet. People are critical about their friends. People are critical about their spouse. People are critical about their coworkers. People are critical about their their boss. People are critical about their church. People are critical about their pastor. People are critical about the grocery store. People are critical about the city. People are just critical about everything, and they feel like that they have a right to make sure everybody knows that. This is what the Lord reminded me. He says, if you stay in that friend, and let's just be honest We all have been critical about something. You're looking at me really holy today, but I'm pretty sure I I nailed that one. But anyway, and this is the problem that the Lord wants to remind you. If you continually going down that, he says, yeah, people are that way, but this is the thing he wants to make sure that you rein in. If you live with a critical spirit constantly, eventually that friendship will fade away. Eventually, there'll be trouble with your marriage. Eventually, there'll be trouble in your job with your co-workers. It will automatically come. You won't have to ask the devil to make sure that he leaves. No, it comes because of your criticalness. You'll eventually fade away from the church. You eventually will, will quit going to church because, you know, you know they just do this. and well, Honey, get in line. Take a number. But this is the thing. You can eventually... Be so critical and judgmental that you will miss God and think that you, it's 100% God. But I know this. I believe this with everything that I've ever preached. I believe there's going to be such a great awakening in 2021 like never before. <laughs> I believe it. And I was praying this week. I get up early. I get up early every morning. But... Um, This one particular morning I was up early and I was thinking, meditating about this. And this story just popped in my my head. And I know when something just pops in my head, especially at 4.30 in the morning, that's not me. (laughs) Because there's usually nothing popping at 4.30 in the morning. Except my cup cup of coffee. Uh, But uh, the Lord reminded me of when the children of Israel were in Egypt. And how God made himself known to the most powerful nation on the planet at that time. And not only was it just that nation that he made himself known, but it was the whole nation of Israel. And then you have to know at the culture of that time, there was many nations represented in Egypt at the time of the captivity, of the 400 years of captivity of Israel in, in Egypt. Because the Bible says when they left, there was a mixed multitude that left with them. Many people from other nations went with the Israelites out of Egypt. And um, I just sense in my heart that God wants us to wake up to who he truly is. You can call it revival. You can call it what you want. But what I call it, it is a great awakening of what has been deposited on the inside of us. The Messiah himself lives inside you and me. He made himself known to the ones who doubted him. He made himself known to the one who barely knew him. And he made himself known who didn't even believe in him. That is the mercy of God. You know, when I came into the, the, the faith movement, if you want to call it that, you know, I, I just felt like that if you didn't believe God, that you could just totally miss him, and you're going to be all on your own. I mean, you it just, man, you just, if you, you just better make sure you're in faith 100% of the time. And trust me, I do believe that, but having walked with the Lord as a friend, I've discovered this 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 year about, well, not this year, 2020, it's, I'm still, I shouldn't still be there. That's terrible. But anyway, uh, I've noticed this is that God will even come after to the ones who doubted him. You look at Abraham and Sarah. You're going to have a child. Sarah's 90, you're 100. They both laugh. I think that's doubt. You know, when somebody says you're going something's going to happen, you go, <laughs> yeah, when pigs fly. But anyway. Now, people think pigs probably can fly, so it's good. But uh, nonetheless, God kept dealing with them till they went from unbelief to belief. Doubting Thomas, I mean, he gets a bad rap, but at the same time, Jesus made a special effort to appear to doubting Thomas. He made a special, I mean, the doors were locked. He says, that ain't going to stop me from making sure that I show myself to Thomas. And then if he didn't make know for sure, he said, Thomas, I want you to make sure that I'm, you realize that it's not a ghost you're seeing. I want you to touch my nail print hands and, and put your hand on the side where the spirit went in. I want you to physically touch me so you know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm not a ghost. Man, he was going the extra mile. I still think God goes the extra mile with people who doubt him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the Egyptians had so many, you can that's one culture back that back then that had a lot of things written about them. And they have paintings and carvings of what they believed. And one thing they came up with is that Egypt had many, many gods. Many gods. I mean a ton of gods. And they would a lot of them would have a human body and the head of, of a certain animal. And that would be a God. And uh, so Numbers chapter 33 verse 4, it says this in the New Living Testament. It says, Meanwhile, the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn sons whom the Lord had killed that night before. The Lord had defeated the gods of Egypt that night with great acts of judgment. He was making himself known that he was the true God. He made himself known to Egypt. He made himself known to the magicians who were the most powerful people in Egypt. And they even said, this is the finger of God, when they could not come against what Moses was doing. He was making himself known to the most powerful people on the planet. God was saying, I just want you to know that I am the true God. All of these other gods are false gods, but I am the true God. And I'm going to prove it to you. God was proving himself. So this week in prayer, I just sense that the Lord says, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to prove to people that I'm God and that I have not left planet earth, that I'm still the King of kings and Lord of lords, and I'm going to prove. He doesn't really need proof. Let me just say that. He doesn't. He doesn't need to show himself that he's the creator of the heaven and earth. He doesn't need to do anything. He's already died on the cross. He does not need to do anything. But God was going to reveal himself to Egypt. And something I realized this past week. That I've never seen before. I always thought he was making himself known to Egypt. And that was the main thing. And then I started reading throughout the the story. And it says that he made himself known to the nation of Israel. I thought, what? It just jumped out at me. It says that. I will even make myself known to you. Well, they knew God. But they didn't know God. I believe the church on this planet knows God. But we don't know God. <laughs> but God was going to reveal himself. And before I, I go any further, just let me say this in case you are getting a ditch on me. God does not send Pandemics or sickness on this planet. He's the healer, all right? So, anybody, you may hear that, oh, God, you know, He sent this COVID to judge America. Really? Really? That's not the God who I serve. If you do, you just need to keep coming to church here more often and you'll find out that that you're wrong in your theology. He's a good father. But in Exodus chapter 6, verse 7, it says this, I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the oppression in Egypt. Did you hear that? He says, I claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. But then you will know. Then you will know. After you see the, the, what I'm going to do in Egypt and make myself known, it says, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. See, I believe God wants us to have such trust with Him that then we will know that He is our healer. Then we will know that He is our provider. Then we will know that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He's a friend unto you. In Exodus 10, it says, I've also done it so you can tell your children... And your grandchildren about how I made a mockery of the Egyptians and about the signs I displayed among them. And so you will know that I am the Lord. God wants us to know that he is the Lord. And Exodus 7, 4 says, Even then Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you, so I will bring down my fir- my fist on Egypt. Then I will rescue my forces. My people, the Israelites, from the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment, when I raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. If you study this out, I, I'm running out of time, but like, I think it was the God of fertility had a, the head of a frog and the body of a woman. So God made all the frogs come out on, in everybody's house, everybody's store, and everybody's place. Frogs were everywhere. What was he saying? Well, your God of fertility is not the real God. You can serve God frogs. You can have a God that has the head of a fly on this person. You can serve Ra, that was the sun God. But I'm going to show you that Ra has no power because I'm going to make it dark on this planet for three days and you'll not be able to see any light for three days unless you go to the land of my people in Goshen. I've said this before. I, I want to see that video. Wouldn't that be cool? You're in dark and you take one step into Goshen and you're in sunlight. You go on one step out of Goshen and it's pitch black dark. You can't see your hand in front of your head. I just think, God is so cool. What was he doing? I'm the God who creates light and darkness. I have all power. And then Pharaoh was the ultimate God to the Egyptian people. He was the ultimate God. They looked at him as God himself, that he was from all of the gods, Pharaoh was. So they were, Moses and Aaron was going to their God and saying that you do not have all the power. And then on the last plague, that the firstborn of every family died, including Pharaoh. Pharaoh. And then when Pharaoh said, all right, you can leave. And then a few days later, he started chasing them back. And he says, we need to get the Israelites back here and here to be our slaves. Once again, God says, I just want you to know that I am who I said I was during those 10 plagues. And then the God of Egypt, Pharaoh himself. This is one place where Hollywood definitely got it wrong. Pharaoh died was drowned with all the other armies when they tried to cross the Red Sea he was killed along with the army of Pharaoh God was saying that I am the God of all gods and I want you to know that I'm for you and not against you no I don't believe God's going to bring plagues upon our nation. I believe there's going to be hard times in our, in the future as far as the world goes. But I do know this. People are going to know that they who trust in God, they're going to be blessed. They're going to be provided for. They're going to be protected. And they're going to be looked after. I just believe that God wants us to know that. I believe that Hosea 3.5 says, afterward, shall the children of Israel return and seek their God Inquiring of and requiring him. And from the line of David, their king of kings, and they shall come in anxious. Fear to the Lord and to his goodness and his good things in the latter days. He's talking about the end times. The Living Bible specifically says the end times. It says, afterward they will return to the Lord their God and to the Messiah their king. And they shall come trembling, submissive to the Lord and to his blessings In the end times, the goodness of God is going, it's going to cause people to tremble. I don't know what that looks like, but all I know, I believe the word. And he says, my goodness is going to cause the world to tremble. The world has been trembling because of the pandemic. The world can tremble because of wickedness and darkness. And God says, I'm going to cause the world to tremble because of the goodness that I am. Whoa. Everybody say, that's my God. Wow. Wow. I always thought when I was growing up that God's going to cause us to be in tremble and fear and everything. And then I realized, no, that's not the kind of tremble and reverence that he's going to cause. He's going to cause people to go, how good can this be? This is just too good to be true. Habakkuk, I'm going to read one more. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit beyond the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the field and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. How can you rejoice in the Lord when your economic situation is totally lost? How can you do that? You have to trust and know Him to be able to rejoice in Him. It says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and He will make me walk on my high heels. What does that mean? You're going to look up high heels. And for those who don't know, he's not talking about those. He's talking about the high heels where it was the high heels. If you study it out, it's a places of worship and it's a position of power. God says, I'm going to cause you to go up to this high place where you can worship me out of spirit and truth. And you will worship me from a place of power and victory, not of a place of defeat. A lot of times we worship God from a place of defeat, but God wants that to be turned around and be worshiped on the high hill that he's called you to be on so you'll worship him from a place of victory. But we have to trust him. These trust issues that we all have, we gotta get rid of them. We gotta get rid of them, especially in the day and hour in which we live. The time, the season that the church is about ready to step in, it's gonna be a time where we gotta know God. We gotta know him. And trust me, this is not a works performance mentality for those of you sitting there thinking, are you changing the way? No, it's not. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 still is alive and well. That everything that pertains to life and godliness has been deposited in you. That's never gonna be taken from you. But it's time that God says, What I've deposited in you needs to be manifested outside of you. We've been taking it to the grave. We've been taking what God's, the cemetery is the most powerful, expensive plot of ground on this planet because people take what's been deposited inside of them and they've taken it to the grave. God says, I want that to be taken from the inside and I want it to be taken and manifested on the outside. So let's not wait on God because God is waiting on us to say, I'm going to believe that that's going to happen. This year, I'm going to believe that. And so let's make out our prayer. Let's make out our prayer that we just call out to God and say, God, everything you put within me, I don't have a clue. But I do know one thing. You can help me to see that and believe that and to get that manifested on the outside. And once that starts happening, ladies and gentlemen, the whole trust thing is going to fall off to the wayside. There won't be trust issues. Some sickness will try to come on you and you'll go, excuse me, what? Some financial system would come. Some thing would happen. You would just go, no, don't think so. I don't think so. We'll start trusting God. Start believing Him. Because that's what, and I'm telling you, that's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just know that God says, I want that to happen in 21. What the devil meant for evil in 20, God says, I'm going to trump that. I like to play spades. You ever play spades, a card game? I like trumping stuff. When everybody thinks it's their trick, they throw an ace out there, and I don't have anything in that suit, and I throw a trump out there. And everybody goes, what? And I go, ka-ching, with a two, with a two, the lowest card. I did it with a two, the lowest thing that God has. He says, I can do this. I can trump it with the lowest thing I got and get victory over it. So, in other words, the highest card that the devil can play, God says, my two spades will trump everything that he's got. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Father, I just believe in Jesus' name. Lord, I believe for a Holy Ghost conviction upon us to really desire a great awakening with each one of us, a great awakening with our children, a great awakening with our spouse, a great awakening for Rocky Mountain Family Church. May there be a great awakening to see the goodness of God. May we desire it. May we not just uh, be satisfied with the life satisfaction within us. That will awaken to the goodness of God. And will not rest until we see it in our lives, in our church, in our city, in our nation, and even around the world. It's your will, Father. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. My right and on your left, these people will pray for you listen man if you're just struggling with your walk with God come up here these people will lay hands on you things will be imparted to you stripped off of you whatever you need If you're struggling your life about anything or you just want to pray about something these people will pray for you amen we're going to go ahead and say this scripture ready this is psalms 35 27 ready Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified that has pleasure in the prosperity. Say your name. Love takes no account of an evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Let that be our motto of this church. We're going to love people. We're not going to be critical people. We're not going to be critical about anything. All right? Let's just straighten ourselves up. There's a lot to criticize. Trust me, I know. But we can make a difference in our city. We can make a difference in everywhere we're at. Amen? We love you. God bless you.